Welcome to episode 77 of the Worldwide Chelsea official podcast. It is the return of the Mac, your favorite host in the world. It's Marv, the greatest host of all time. And today it's a duo and it's one. It's a great duo today because it's me and this beautiful and wonderful American guy. He sounds like a Texan. I don't know if he actually is a Texan. I might have gotten that wrong. Um, but hello, Jared. What do you say, Marv? Yes, I am a Texan. Proud Texan. Good to the hear. Trash talking Texan. He's trash talking. He's striking oil so he can fund this pod. It's uh, good, good, to, good to speak to you today, Justice. How's it going? Oh, it's always it's a better day when I get to get to talk to uh, intelligent people about the, the game I love and the team I love to watch. So I'm I'm ready for this. You know, I'm watching Tottenham. What a shambles! I'm telling <laughs> you that right now. Holy, good lord! I'm yeah, glad we're not Tottenham, or really for that matter, Arsenal, because it's you did three nil against Tottenham at your home. We did three nil in one half away at Tottenham so it is what it is it's a crazy yeah I was watching that game watching the game earlier seeing they're just getting absolutely torn to pieces I just turned it off before the before we do this and uh doesn't look good for them at the moment I think three goals in each of their last three games in the league that's nine goals conceded and none scored that is pretty awful yeah I guess it was it wasn't Mourinho excuse me I can't talk today Mourinho text who I'm about to watch right now, Mourinho. Well, they got one goal back, I think. Yeah, he did. Uh, but I, I, it's funny because it's two of our former managers, right? I know I'm. I know who I'm pulling for. Uh oh, are you red, red or uh, blue? I'm definitely pulling for Roma. Okay. I wasn't a huge fan of uh, Sorry Ball, although I don't really care who wins too much but uh anyway let's get started with the topic at hand which is Chelsea unfortunately uh even though we didn't lose three nils in the last three games we did face our first league defeat of the season it is a sad moment we're ringing the bells of sadness but uh we lost and I'm just going to ask you let's get this started why did we lose uh I I don't think you can ever put it on one thing if People say, well, it's the formation. Oh, it's the coach. Or this player didn't play. Or that player played and this player should have played. It's never one thing. If It would always be great if, if the world was black and white, where you could say it's this and only this. But there's areas, there, there's shades of gray. So um, the formation lent itself to being pressed, right? Because you you, you don't have... You only have two people to go up top and put pressure. You don't have a third to join and, and try to back the defense up a little bit. Suddenly, yeah, I oh, I'm sorry. No, continue, continue, brother. Sorry. Um, secondly, there were players that shouldn't have not played in that game, and Golo Conte being one of them. If it, because if you look back, if you if you look at Aston Villa in the cup. That's exactly how he looked in that game. So he, he is obviously either is ill, like Tuchel says, still not over his injury, or something else is going on. So he says he's ill. I'm going to take him at his word. I don't have any insight. But not having – he was supposed to be the one to pressurize out of that midfield and become that three. Didn't have it any. 
today. Yeah, I mean, that's a big problem. I mean, that's the thing. I got into this a little bit on Twitter after the game that we cannot blame. It's not a game where one player cost us the, the goal either, really. I mean, I was talking to one of my friends and he was like, oh, Rudy, all this stuff. But it wasn't Rudy. And if, if we really were layering the blame, you cannot. I mean, maybe Jorginho left that inch to Bernardo Silva, but... Even then, we were set up well. They were defending pretty well. It was just a lucky strike in the end. And <clears throat> City, only after that, they started to create more goals. So I think it's more, in my opinion, the team just took too long to decide to play. 20 minutes before the end. Right. It, and I think that was, uh, again, it, it is down to substitutions. Uh, things changed when you brought on a Kai Havertz and, and played that front three. Um, yes, the game was more open. And that's kind of why they had more chances because the the game was more open. But if you if you harken back to the, to the final, it's not like City did not have chances in that game. We still managed them. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that that's really true. Like they had the chances. We managed to get those last ditch blocks and cutouts and. I think the, the small differences were we created more in the, the Champions League if we and also the FA Cup and also the same with the, uh, the the other league game. Like for me, I felt like we were offensive and it was more like a 50-50 game, whereas this one was not a 50-50 game. We were pushed back the entire game. Now, I can accept that happening if we're playing away, um, but in this case, we were not. We were playing at home and the first half for me was very frustrating. Um, and on that regard, in that regard, I wouldn't place blame on singular players. One or two maybe had games that were not good, but we didn't lose because of that. I feel that we lost because of, uh, well, maybe mentality played a role because we sat back too much. We didn't really play the counter-attack well, um, and, and those were kind of issues. But in general, we came closer to scoring. We just didn't have that touch. Um, I didn't see enough from the forward line apart from Werner, who was trying to work really hard constantly. Um, but yeah, that you know, unfortunately, sometimes we are going to lose games, and that was a close game. I don't feel like it was an embarrassing game. It's just a shame, I think, that we saw us try to attack and really push the issue with only 20 minutes left. And by then, we were playing, you know, a serious numbers game, weren't we? We were only we only had a couple of minor chances, and we probably should have scored one of them. Uh, there was that chance we got where they just hit it. I think Kovacic had a really good chance. I wish we'd have just started doing that earlier, to be honest. What do you think? Well, absolutely. But I, again, I think it had to do down for a couple of facts. Again, we, if, if I'm drilling down on, on the uh, personnel issue, again, if Conte was not... If Conte cannot be Conte, what's the use of having him out there? And I don't think... I think that he, we saw maybe... Court, you know, we saw the same Conte we saw on Aston Villa, and I didn't think that was a very good. Uh, he didn't have the energy. His level, his levels were just way down. He was not doing Conte things, and if he's not, then there's no use having him out there because you you do have options to bring on a, a more attacking player in that sense. You you still had uh, a few to choose from, and eventually we did that. So. For me, that and then Reese James going out, which might have been, I think hindsight would, was a big loss. Uh, maybe we could have gotten away with Conte not being so good. But once we lost Reese, we really lost any attacking or any extra man to drop, receive the ball, and maybe take away, away some pressure from the midfield. 
Alonzo, you really don't want on the ball. He fell down at the slightest touch yesterday. And then Aspie, he just he looks like he's wrecked still. Like he he needs to have another week or two off, but he's gonna go to international. So we have issues there. And I think that was that was really telling because you didn't have a Chilwell on the other side. You had an Alonzo. If you had Chilwell, maybe you could play through him a little bit, like we did in the final. Uh, but with Alonzo, you that's not his game. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I think that was one of the points of contention. A lot of people saying about Chilwell not playing now, even if um, Alonzo, Alonzo was pretty bad in this game, of course he was. Um, but that's the thing. Well, we're playing against a team like City, and I guess uh, Carlito, he said that, well, that actually it's better we have high pace because we get in behind on the counters. I think Chilwell probably would have been good for that. I think he played very well in the midweek game against Villa. Um, I think it almost will be the time that we're going to see a bit more of Ben Chilwell now, but... We, we lost that game and unfortunately, you know, we lost that game. And the next question is, where do we go from here? I mean, how do we improve from this? What, what What's the next step? Well, I think that first, from the team perspective, players that aren't fit need to get fit. Okay, so at least Tuchel has his full complement of players. We can't say he's hamstrung by not having choices. Second of all, we need to put an attacking lineup in that front three. If you're only going to play with three attacking players on the pitch, and we only have three in that format, in the 3-4-3, three, three, rest are support, uh, give us width. You know, if they're more support staff. If you're playing like Battlefield, you have support. Or even uh, even uh, COD, you have support, attack, you know, long range stuff like that. The the mid four, that's what they're there for. They're not there to score you a ton of goals. They're there to help you score. So we have to see. A, I want to see Kai Havertz, Romelu Lukaku, and Christian Pulisic play together in the front three. So for me, that would be our best attacking. Offense, just because Werner, I know, because I think that Werner is less like Latoro Martinez than Pulisic is. I think that he will he will know more instinctively instinctively how to play off a of, uh, Lukaku. And uh, I, so for me, that's the front three I need to see. Now, where you play Mount from there. If you want to have that debate, we can have that debate, but I have to have three out and out attacking players in that three. That's probably the same for me. We discussed that before. I think our best three includes Christian Pulisic coming in off the left and maybe Kai Havertz on the right and Lukaku. I think that's probably the technical best three because they all offer something slightly different. Havertz has a mixture of pace and good control. Pulisic is good at one-on-ones and good at dribbling into space. Then you've got Lukaku who's good at putting it away. So I think that those three are probably the best, and then we can bring Werner on. Now, yeah, that might seem a bit unfair on Mount, but I think, again, I say it all the time, I think Mount's much better playing deeper. Uh, and that's exactly where he was when he created that goal in the Champions League. I, I think that's where he's more effective, and he's really good at closing out spaces. The good thing is we've got that as, as a potential, right? But um, just coming back before we move on to the next part of, of this, um, I just want to ask you a question, and it's quite a serious question that I've been wanting to ask. Why is... Jack Grealish allowed to cross over to the men's game whilst people like Fran Kirby are not allowed? <laughs> that is a great question. 
that is that really is um i get i get that was a joke and it's it's wonderful because of its uh in, intricacies to it um i i think people some people will take take the kind of thing wrong but there's actually i i understand what you meant um he i don't like players like him um he his attempted attempted dive cost us reese james four to six weeks possibly um i just i, I hate players who fall i mean marcus alonzo was the same in this match how many times did he fall over like he just got shot i'm not stop i can't have that i can't deal with that and jack Grealish is great at it then he gets up i mean he's got huge legs you think Somebody's just gonna barely touch you, and you're gonna go down every time. Come on, let's understand something. He—that's the game he plays. He wants to be a little cute, cutesy. Uh, you know, he wants to play like that. It's the same thing I always say about quarterbacks in the American game. They want to get protected, fine, but you have to dress all in pink. That's your dress code. You have to—you have to wear pink, just like a goalkeeper has a different uniform on. That's yours. So if Jack Grealish, you know, wants to go down, that's fine. But you you have to wear a tutu when you go out there from now on. I want to see you in a Man City colored blue tutu. So at least we know that you are what you are. This is the thing. I'm not a fan of that way of play either. And when he, he joined City, I knew I was like, this is the perfect type of player for them. He goes down every little minor touch. Half the time, not even fouls. And it's frustrating to watch that they, he just doesn't get penalised for it. Um, especially near the end of the game. It's, it's really annoying for me. I hate that kind of way of play. And uh, that's just something I wanted to mention. But I, I said that where do we go from here and how do we improve? A lot of it in terms of the attacking play, I guess. But has this result now killed or damaged our expectations for what we expected from the season? Um, what are these expectations now for you, Jess? I mean, what, what are you thinking? What, what's going to happen? Well, I don't think my expectations change at all from one, one match. You know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while, right? So you're going to lose. Fine. We lost to Man City after having a, you know... <clears throat> Everybody said that our schedule at the beginning was the hardest out of the the, the top four that were B-tiled contenders. You know, uh, United with a Y, um, Shitty, um, Scouser FC, and then us, the champ, the European champions. And so we've played the hardest run in. We are midfield, which actually we have to have at 100 percent they have they have played uh, just an ungodly amount of minutes for both club and country at the beginning of the year i think they're done i think that uh, they need an extended rest which they're not going to get because boom we've got these game running games international Jorginho is going to play 90 for italy how many however many games they have Kovacic is going to probably do the same for um, for Croatia. And now, if Conte is not ill, guess who else is going to be playing 
on internationals and play every game, all 90. And hopefully, you know, he doesn't pick up an injury and go Conte. So we have to find a different way to play in this 3-4-3. And I, what I'm saying is sometimes instead, of, if we're playing a low block at Southampton, and we, we can really turn the screws against them, because they'll probably try to hit us on the counter. Instead of playing with two wing backs and sixes, play with uh, a midfield four, an actual midfield four, left mid, pardon me, two center mids at eights, when I say not sixes, eights, and a right mid. And just, just leave the responsibility for the defense on the back three. I don't know what your thoughts on that are. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think <clears throat> one of the, the concerns are, I mean, if we do have injuries, we still can play Loftus-Cheek in the deep-lying uh, position. As we saw, he was pretty good against Villa. We've obviously still got Sol, who hopefully will, you know, get up to speed soon after his first couple of games. Um, so we do have that. There's a potential that we... I don't think that our season crashes if we miss some players, miss a couple of games just due to the depth. I think it's one of our strengths. I think the defensive depth is depth is where I would be the most concerned. Losing Reese um, is, is not good because now we are very limited in what we can do. So it's either play Callum in the right wing back or Aspie. And then when you take Aspie, put Aspie there and you've got one less defender, you're really banking on Trevor Chalova not having a terrible mistake that costs a goal like at Villa again. Um, and he's young, you know, he's, I don't know if he's quite there. I mean, he's a very good player, a lot of potential, but it's not quite perfect. And this is one reason why I wanted Kunda. I thought if we had Kunda, we'd have had the perfect squad. Um, that's a concern. I don't think if we lose a winger or something, you know, I think we can kind of handle that. <clears throat> but it is, it is a concern for all these games. I'm hoping our squad depth will show through during these kind of periods because you look at some of the other teams. Liverpool don't have squad depth. Their bench is dreadful. They lose Salah, they're in trouble. They lose Mane, they're in trouble. Whereas if we lose Werner Habits, we're not in trouble because we still got Pulisic, we still got Mount. Even though if, if some of those players are not quite hitting the heights, we've still got a squad that I think is competitive. And I think that's one reason why we should be able to compete for all the trophies this season. And I really hope that we can. My expectations are the same. Although I have curbed it a little bit because I thought, oh, you know, we're going to win the league. But after that loss... The performance wasn't that good. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if we're quite there yet. And that's the thing. I'm not sure if we are quite there yet. You know, that we've got a great side, but are we a consistently great side? And that's the question I'm putting to you. Are we a consistently a great side? Well, I think depending on how long consistency is, right? Uh, we put together a pretty consistent run at the end of last year when Tuchel came in bar a, a hiccup here or there, both Champions League and in the, in the league, we put in some pretty consistent performances. And they are, all weren't wins, but they weren't, most of them were not losses. Um, and I think those, those losses were down to, you know, come, one was coming back from international break, which I've been told has always been a Chelsea bugaboo. Uh, two is 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 not playing at a certain level when you face the smaller teams, the 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 teams lower in the table, 
or maybe some mid-table teams that that uh, might have some qualities that give you problems. It's not these big games that win you the league. It's beating all those other teams. Okay, because this is just one one game. If we don't, if if we lose this game and then we take care of our next six, I think it's the run or next five in the league. Then you would expect the other teams with a, that whose difficulty comes up in this period of time to drop some points. If we win the next five or six, City and Liverpool are going to drop points points. United already have. I expect them to drop more. That team is just it doesn't have a manager and they bought nostalgia instead of plugging the holes in the team and they're going to pay for it. Because those, those those holes still still remain. It's like having your floorboards rotting out and saying, well, I'll just get new carpet. Well, you're still going to follow through the floor. And that's what the United's going to end up doing. So, uh, yeah, I again, this doesn't say that this loss does not mean we don't win the Premier League. I think we should still should be considered right up there to do it. Uh, Champions League, if we take care, care of Juve on Wednesday, that means we have Malmo, Malmo. So we have Malmo back to back. That's the third first thing. So we could be 12 points up before the last two games and then probably pretty assured of being first in the, in the, uh, the group. So it, it opens up very well for us after, you know, after this Man City game. So. Yeah, and that's, that's another thing. We've played so many tough games, and most of them were away. The problem I had is that we've lost a home game, big game. And I think, you know, you've got to avoid losing the home ones. Uh, this is the only issue I would have had on that. But had it been an away game, it's kind of more of an acceptable result. Same with the Liverpool one. I mean, we've come away with a really good draw, really, there under the circumstances. Um, but yeah, looking at the, the next games, we've got Southampton and Brentford is potentially a tough game. They've been really good this season. They'll be uh, they'll have fire in the belly. But we've got Southampton, Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley, away Leicester, and then so it gets harder then away Leicester and home Man United. But up to then, we've got to take really take advantage of these five or six games. We need at least four wins out of that and no losses. And then I think we'll be in, in this race. But the problem we had last season is we threw too many games to shit teams. And shit teams do exist. I'm not taking that, uh, oh, every game's a big game in the league. It's not. There are teams that are not very good, and we need to be taking those down. Uh, because you think that Liverpool are going to throw too many of those or City are going to throw too many of those. I'm not sure they will. So I think there's a very small margin for error with this. And we've got to, we've got to make sure that we, we get it over the line. We've had the tough games. So now let's see how we do against some of the, the smaller teams. And hopefully we can just roll them all over. Uh, we've got good goal difference. We've been playing really well. So we definitely have that. Now, my next question about that is we've got a good team now. We just won the Champions League. But how can we perfect this team? And, and also, where can this team go, do you think? Well, I think we're still some pieces away. And I think we're ultimately a formation change away from being, you know, what what the evil genius, the little professor, Tommy T, wants this team to be. Um, 
sorry, the Roma player dived. I know that he's going to get caught on this. Oh. <laughs> oh, he, he whiffed on a shot and went over like somebody tripped him. Penalty given or not? <laughs> it was it, well, the penalty was given by the ref, but they're checking it on VAR. Oh, so it wasn't a penalty. I didn't see that. So it could get it back to three two. Yeah. Oh, let's see. So, but yeah. So, what 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 would you say pieces are we missing in your opinion? I think we're. I like. I actually like the um, the re-signing of Christensen for center back depth. Uh, he's improved greatly over what he was before for me. I, I watched Denmark just to watch him play. <clears throat> oh, they gave it. So uh, it's it's one of those things. I I think he's going to be. For the money we and I know I'm gonna get into this, but for the money, 140k to have his quality, he would start for a bunch of teams in the Premier League. To have his quality is uh, great. They're talking about Thiago Silva extending for a year. I like that because the man is always in the right place at the right time, and even if he's just there next year to play in the big, big games, he still commands respect. He still commands the the center back's ears. He'll still run that group. And uh, with Aspie probably maybe leaving next year, possible, you've got to have that guy that can settle a group down and run it. the stickler here is Rudiger. Does, does he stay? Does he go? Um, I know they're saying reports are he only wants 200K. But why would he stay at Chelsea for 200K if Real will say, well, we'll pay you 300 next year? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really big problem at this, this moment. I think <clears throat> that would actually really downgrade the team. So this is something I'm a bit concerned about. Losing, in my opinion, the best centre back in the world currently, and I've always believed in him. You remember that from our old pods. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe there is a defender that has his level of athleticism that can also play the ball out well, that can also make tackles, that also contribute towards goals, that can also do all these other things and be a mentality monster. That package doesn't exist. And I knew he'd had all of these things. <clears throat> I didn't think he'd become as great as he is now, though. He's been even better than my expectation. But there is no one even out there that can replace him. So you have to consider whether or not you want to pay those wages, albeit for three years. Because, there, in my opinion, there is no one we can get that will be as good. And I do want Kunda, but they're different players. Also plays on the right side of the defence rather than the left side of the defence. Um, I think this is... Christensen, we could have let go. They're, they're, I mean, I'm glad he stayed because uh, he has been brilliant. But what he offers... You can find that in many other players. For example, those links to Delict. I think he's a very similar player, but I don't really like this player that much. Uh, and we look at who's out there. Who is out there that can bring you what Rudiger can? Uh, no one's buying Van Dijk. Um, so what is there? You're looking around at our rivals. There's Ruben, you know, City aren't going to let go of Ruben Diaz. So you're looking at where? Where are we looking for other top centre-backs around the world right now? We identified Kunda. He was one of them. So if we had Kunda, we've got the perfect defense. So we, we, 
in my opinion, we cannot let Rudiger go. What what would you say about that? I mean, if if Rudiger was to to leave, what would you do? Well, my my thing is, I think we're, our ultimate formation is in the back four. Okay, and I think Rudiger's best in a back three. <clears throat> Not to say he can't play a back four. It's the same thing with Zuma. Zuma's better in a back four than a back three. Just because you ask him to do different things and you know, back from back three. I think Rudiger's greatest at, attribute is his aggressiveness. And I think putting him in a back four, you kind of retard his aggressiveness because you play, you don't want to play them to play as aggressive because you don't have that extra guy to cover. So for me, he's a, he's better in a back three than a back four. And I agree, right now on form, I would take him over just about anybody in the world. So it's kind of hard. Do you, how much do you really, how, how much of it is system being in a back three instead of a back four? Or how much has he grown this much? Because we saw him not uh, less than a year ago play in a back four and he wasn't good enough to start. I mean, took, uh, Frank took him off. I mean, because we, we call that Frank tax, but that's that's my only question about Rudiger. I, I agree with you 100% on everything else you say about him. My only thing is, can he be himself in a back four, or is he better to go to a back three where he's allowed to use his aggressiveness? And the thing that makes him great is is that. It's a really good point that you mentioned because we did struggle a bit in, in the back two under Frank. Um, yeah, we could say Frank tax if you look at, but I don't want to get in that disrespectful kind of way, but uh, you look at what happened with Derby, they conceded a lot of goals. He came to us, we can, and we conceded a lot of goals no matter who played. Um, right. so no, I, I agree. Think, so actually, we conceded less with Rudiger on. If it, actually, before Lampard got sacked, we'd only conceded two when Rudiger had played. Now, I know he did kind of play in some of the lesser games, so we can also kind of bring that up. But if we're really looking deeply into this, every defensive combination conceded a lot of goals with Lampard. If we then were to cycle back a little more and take a look at the pairing we had under, under Sari, we had four at the back with him, and we had Rudiger and Luis were the, the pairing. And all the way up until the, you know, we, we won trophy there. And I know Rudiger didn't play towards the back end of the season with his injury, but still, they did well. They didn't concede too much. So the, the pairing there, I think, was pretty solid. But I think that the, re- the reason a back four doesn't work as well, I don't think the centre-backs were the core reason behind that. I think a back four doesn't work well due to the midfield that we played. So if you remember correctly with Lampard, oh, no, we, had so, we, we had so much space, didn't we, in behind that midfield when um, people were complaining about Jorginho at that point, and everyone was, including myself, saying maybe he's not good enough to be a well-rounded player with the defensive capability. So anytime him and Kovacic played, there was a massive gaping hole and space in between. So then the defence were always exposed. And then you factor in the fact we've got left-backs and maybe not great one-on-one defenders, um, Reese James was injured. We'd Aspie not so good in the air towards the back post crosses. We had problems all around there. So I'm not sure that the back four was the problem for the centre backs as it was that this system is suited more to the team and the makeup of the players that we have all across the pitch. What do you think? Well, no, I agree. We we've had that we had that conversation on podcast too, uh, getting Jorginho out because 
at that time, he was playing with a back four, and he's not a holding midfielder. He's a regista. And when you try to make him a holding midfielder, you know, that's kind of what we saw against City. You make him a six and not a regista, he struggles because that's when his lack of pace and physicality come in. If you give him space to work in, he's fine. The minute he doesn't have that space, he's not that guy. And so that, yeah, I agree with you that back that the midfield was a, a big cause of the problem. And that's with every back four. If you have a weak midfield, there's always that space right in front of the two center backs where they're split, right in there behind the midfielders. And if you if you can get in there, you're gonna you're gonna uh, make hay. And but all I'm saying is we need a lot of parts still, in my estimation. So are there sacrifices you have to make if you can find somebody you can play, you say you can fit in a system, your system, whether it's a, you know, it could be to a back four. Do you then say, is Kunde good, as good as Rudiger in a back four or could be, or with the right partnership? Is that even a thought or is it, you shouldn't do that at all. It's always a risk. That's the problem when you yeah. buy uh, you buy into young players. It's always a risk, um, and that's the thing with Kunde, 22 years old. Uh, what he does have is an incredible technical level, and I think, in terms of the makeup of the team that we have, he's almost a per- as perfect a fit as you can find. He was my first choice actually before we were this for this summer. Before we were linked with him, uh, we're linking a couple of players, and I thought, why, why didn't we go for him? And then randomly it came out that we were interested. Um, I think he suits so well what we do, and I personally think the ideal is that he goes into Aspie's position, and then they compete. Um, I know that might seem a bit harsh on Chalo, but I actually prefer Chalo as a midfielder. Um, that's kind of where he played a lot for Ren in his, uh, uh, on his loan, even though he does maybe prefer being a defender. I think Kunda in that back four makes it even better. His aerial is good. The team doesn't... Actually, Sevilla don't concede that many goals when he plays either. So it is a risk, but at age 22, that's potentially a player for 13 years. So we have to consider that. It might not come off, but it's win-win if, in fact, we don't let Rudiger leave. Uh, We've already tied down Christensen, and hopefully we've got another maybe one or two years of Thiago Silva. The defence should, in theory, be good for two to three years. And if we had to sign Kunde, potentially we've got a defensive line that could survive for four to five years. So do you think we'd stay in a back three or go to a back four? It's nice to have options. And I don't think we should be nailed down only to one system. But if that system is working for more than one year, one season, I see no reason to change that, especially considering the players we have. Unless we are going to overhaul the team and sign someone like Declan Rice or Jude Bellingham or whatever... And then we go to a 4-3-3 because we might have the flexibility in midfield to do so. As long as, uh, but the thing is, Kante is not actually a DM, and so well, then we. I mean, yes, yeah, sorry, go ahead. N- no, I agree, but I always thought that we. That's why we were interested in Chuamini because eventually he would be that holding uh, six who could play, make, and create. Uh, he can't press him, and he, he can hit a sixty-yard pass over the top and put it on a dime. For me, that's that's the guy. Um, I was thinking about this the other night. I know everybody 
is so high on Declan Rice, but when I watched Ruben play against City, Early the in. first person that I saw was Declan Rice. That's exactly how Declan Rice plays as a six for West Ham. He doesn't sit. He goes up the pitch. He, you know, he, he, he leads the break sometimes if he has the opportunity. So when I saw Ruben do that same thing, I was like, why do we need Declan Rice if, if Ruben can do exactly what and how Declan Rice does it? Yeah, and, and that's, <clears throat> that's a really good point. I mean, I'm not sure <clears throat> that Declan Rice has that level of technical skill that Ruben Loftus-Cheek actually has. I think that he's very good at driving forward with the ball, though. But I don't see Rice having that. But I do see Rice as a pretty good defender uh, in terms of ball recovery and ball carrying. This is kind of what I like about Rice. But you're right about Chimene. And I think if we <clears throat> if we did sign Chimene, I think that we would still play the same system. I think the idea of Chimene coming was that he could technically rotate that because he's a very good passer. He suits the system well and he can defend and he can attack. So he's kind of like a chameleon in that sense, isn't he? He can also play like an eight and a ten as well as a six. So I think that flexibility is the kind of food for the day uh, with a lot of these. I, I think that's why they also went and got Saul in the end, I think, because he can defend well and he can pass well and he can score goals. And so those kind of defenders, we've already got Jorginho that kind of keeps it ticking. Then you've got Kovacic, who's good at driving into spaces. And that they're all the common thread here is that they're all good at short passing under pressure. And I think that that's one of the key things we're looking at. That's why Kunde is also wanted, because he's also very good at that. So adding Kunde and Chimeni, I think it just solidifies how this team is trying to build and play. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. Um, you can look at it both ways, because you, if you did bring in a Chimeni and RLC continues down this road of being able to play deeper and build the play, be the playmaker from deep, because he had, we, we all know he's lost a little bit of that pace. We saw a little, little bit come back, but didn't have the explosion he had before the injury. You know, he was, for a big man, he could get up and go. And it's kind of, it almost takes him a, just a little bit longer to get there now. Um, so, but he's huge. He's hard to press because he cannot physical you. So he would be, are, are we looking at, adding the pieces to where we can go from a four to five at the back where we can just switch. Um, where if you had a, a, a midfield of one of Ruben with somebody or two of many with somebody, you could happily go from a four to a five and be okay because that pairing would work in either way. So Th Thomas doesn't have to say, well, I only have, this midfielder to play with this midfielder and it has to be in this formation which is what i think he's really locked into this point because it's Jorginho who's not a six not a sitter with Kovacic who's not a six really not a sitter and with Conte who's really not either he likes to get up and explore even though he'd be more like a, a, a um, maybe a classical six but for me, Kovacic is not that. He's not so great on defense that you can't replace it, what he does. Um, I loved what he showed earlier this season when he was breaking the lines and making, licking his head up, making the passes to break the lines. Uh, but 
if you're not going to see that from him, then for me, he just does some really nice tech in the middle of the park and bringing in a Chua Mini. Maybe if Rob, uh, if Ruben stays like this. And the, another name to, br- to bring up is Con- uh, Connor Gallagher. You know, Connor Gallagher is playing very well in that eight role at uh, at Crystal Palace right now. Yes, I know it's Crystal Palace, but you can only do what you can do with what's around you right now. And he's at Crystal Palace, and he's making the most of it. And, you know, everybody says, what do you do with Billy Gilmore next year? I mean, I, I say it's in Russia, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is actually a really good point because I forgot about Gallagher, and that's another place. I mean, if these players play amazingly well, there is no need to to buy uh, players in that position, which is true because they're playing well. And, you know, at the moment, we're looking for people that can play a role in the squad. And having that flexibility is, is good. If you've got tactical flexibility, then you've got a way to go. I think well, Conte tried to do that in the second season, but he didn't have the players. So what he tried when he changed to that that system and we beat Atletico Madrid, it wasn't maintainable because we only had one good midfielder, which was Kante. We had liabilities like Fabregas and Drinkwater and Bakayoko. So his hands were tied, so he had to go back to the only system he could play. And this is the kind of thing, we kind of have that flexibility now, which is, is good because Tuchel can change little bits. And we've seen that happen in big games. The more <clears throat> flexibility and solutions we have, the better, I think. Um, and which kind of brings me to this uh, next point. Why would anyone blame Tuchel for this loss that we had? I saw a few posts. I don't think you can really blame the manager for this, but well, what do you think? I, you know, and those same people were probably thought that the 3-5-2 that we played in the second half against Tottenham and then in the, in, at, at Villa and again, Saturday was the best. We need to stick with that formation, right? Because it's reactionary. Because it's what everybody does now. It's oh, he he lost one nil to Man City at home. He he has to be fired now because he just didn't win us the Champions League. You know, we beat Man City in a much bigger game, one nil. It wasn't just a league game early in the season. It was the freaking Champions League. And this manager did that. Frank Lampard would not have us there. I don't care who you think you are and what you think you know. Frank Lampard would have not done what Thomas Tuchel did. So we have a world-class manager. And I know I was on a stream earlier that we stopped, said he stopped using the world uh, term world-class or it's being used too much to describe players. Uh, you know, especially if you have an agenda, your player's world-class, right? But yeah, this manager is world-class. Agree. Completely agree. And that's the thing. Like, games are going to be lost. This is the, Yeah, I, I, we definitely wouldn't have won it under Frank. I mean, we, we would have probably been going out the next round. Um, and, and that's the thing. Like, I think when you win big like that, you've definitely earned a lot of time and space. Uh, and that's the thing. This is one game you cannot win every single match. Unfortunately, you would love to do that, but you cannot win every single game. And and that's actually the point, isn't it? Every game cannot be won. And there we're just going to work and then see what happens, which brings me to my final question before we close out this exciting pod today. What's going to happen at the end of our season, Jesters? Well, I, I had one more point to make, 
and I didn't know if you had thought about this. Who plays right wing back now with James out on a consistent basis? I think it's only going to be Aspie at this point, isn't it? But there is the option of Callum, depending on how they play. I think they'll both get opportunities because we've got four games in two weeks or something like that. <clears throat> so it's, it's going to be whoever can do it. But I think Aspie can play well there. I don't think that's a big drama. What do you think? Well, I, I jokingly said uh, Mason Mount. An interesting hypothesis. Why so? Well, because when, when Callum plays the right wing back position, he plays it more like a right midfielder. For me, he, he doesn't he his first responsibility is not always to get back. It'd be the it'd be the opposite side wing back. They get back. When we lose possession, your first job is to get back. So we can shade and cover for, for Callum. That's why you usually have a very mobile uh, Dave behind uh, Callum who can fill that space because he's used to being in space as, as a right back. So if you say Callum is good to play there, good enough defensively to play there, why, and Mount's better defensively in pressing, why not use Mount as more of a right midfielder have the other side, opposite side, wing back or midfielder say, hey, out of possession, Chilwell, you you sprint back because we know Alonso's not going to do it. We'll shade over at the mount side, let mount stay forward and press. What's the difference of him doing that from the, the right midfielder slot than the right or left center midfielder slot? Yeah, that's a really good point, I think. And it's, uh, I mean, there's definitely a potential of Mount playing there. I, d <clears throat> I don't think they're going to do it, but I think it's definitely a potential. He has the, the abilities to do that kind of, to have that kind of role, although he'd probably cut inside a lot, I would imagine. But it's definitely a possibility. <clears throat> I will guess we'll see kind of how that's going to shape against Juventus. But how do you see our season ending? I'm going out on a limb and, and asking you, what do you think, how our season is going to end, Jester? I... Said at the beginning of the season, four trophies. Uh, we've got one in Super Cup. It is a trophy. Uh, as much as it is in preseason, it's still a trophy. Uh, it's the, Absolutely, yes, it's a trophy. It definitely is. So I'm calling it the International Quadruple. Um, Super Cup. Club World Cup. Champions League repeat, and Premier League. Anything short for me is we've missed a mark. That sounds like an absolute dream. I'm going to back you up and say that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, for me, that would be the season to have, right? And, it would be the best. And I, I think that, like I said, groups we could have wrapped up here very shortly. So that just puts the Club World Cup. I don't care about the Carabao Cup. I didn't care if we went out. I don't care about the FA Cup. If those are my choices of four trophies, those are the four I'm going for. It's a good choice. I mean, I would like to, I'd love to see us compete for everything because <clears throat> there's always a potential that, you know, one extra trophy will always make a season amazing. This is why I never, I never like the idea of weakening down your team. To, to play a game like I was very worried about that Villa match because I thought we were going to play a weekend team we kind of did 
that thankfully our weak team is still strong, uh, unlike in the past seasons, and we did manage to win. And we've got another tough one with Southampton coming up. So I'm really hoping that we're able to to get the way through there. Because if we get an easy one or two games, you're in before you know it, you're in the semi-final, and there's a big chance. There's a chance of us being able to to win that one. So hopefully we're able to. Yeah, it, what I would come back and say is if if I said fine, you can you can compete. You can compete in all of them, but you can only win four. You've already got one, so you only have three more to choose from. What, what are you choosing? Exactly, it's tough. I mean, I would. I always take the FA Cup, but I guess I mean, if I was to choose one, I would always choose the Champions League. The, the more and more of these who win, the more elite we are. So this would always be my first choice: Champions League, uh, the World Club Cup. We absolutely need because we've never won that. So this is this is our chance. We have to take that. We cannot lose to Corinthians in the final again. Has to be won this time. Right, and then the other one would be Premier League over FA Cup. So, like I said, that's if those are my choices, that's what I'm taking. Exactly, exactly. Well, I've got to say, an absolutely fun-filled pod that we've had today. I've got to say, extremely uh, cranium-inducing kind of a definitely a thinking man's pod today uh and it's been amazing to have you on as always justice what did you think we had a great time today didn't we absolutely it's the, it's the new tag team champions right here yes. you know yep. the road warriors <laughs> oh that's a good reference that is can i can i be animal you can be animal i'll be hot <laughs> oh my god that brings me back to my my time watching wrestling and playing wrestle fest and all these awesome games Oh yeah, I remember having the uh, WW uh, it was WWF back then. They put out the yeah. first ring, and the you know the the plastic figures, not you know the rubber ones that you could move and everything. The has I've got all, I've got most of the Hasbro collection. I, I'm just out by about ten. I used to have like Brutus Barber Beefcake, <laughs> <laughs> Macho Man, Aww. Under the Giant, Hulk Hogan. I had all of those, brother. I was, you know, Razor Ramon, uh, all of these, be- all of these heroes from the past. I absolutely loved it. There were, there were some WCW ones as well, weren't there? That didn't move. I remember there was those ones, and then there was the Hasbro figures from the nineties. I, I literally these, played all my childhood with those. These were in the eighties. Really? These were the the big, yeah, the big figures. And they had oh, the big, okay. the bigger, yeah. Are they the ones that were made of like kind of like cushion style? They yeah, you because you you they were more flexible. They weren't like a rigid. They were. You'll have to show me a picture of these. Uh, see if I had the same ones. I'm just checking. Ah, uh, I think I know the ones you mean. I don't think I had these ones. I yeah, had the real old school. Oh my god, these are amazing! I'm checking them out now. How did I not know of these? Because I've got that ring. Um, I, I've got that ring, but I, I had all the, the ha- oh, they were called the Superstar Collection, I think. I had the Hasbro ones. Yeah, these were, yeah, you could actually wrestle with them. That was oh. a cool thing. I used to play with mine all the time. It was a, like a really massive part of my life, these kind of things. <laughs> well, I've got to say, an absolutely amazing pod today. Thank you for listening, guys. That's been episode 77 of the Worldwide Chelsea Pod from... Thank you for coming on. As always, Jess, it's a great time. Yes, sir. Thank you. And always keep it blue.